Aaron go bra bra. Seems like a, a a very festive St. Patrick's Day. We have a mayor that drank, I think, three Guinnesses before 10 a.m. Is that a true story? Yes, it's true. His honor was out hitting the pubs. Where was he at? Uh, I, I didn't do the research on which uh, Irish pubs he stopped at, but he was... Uh, he seems like a McSorley's type. I don't know if he made it all the way downtown. He was in the East Village, I think, two weeks ago, just proclaiming New York City back open. He had lunch at Veselka. I'm not sure he's in the East Village right now, but he was just, just down in some Guinnesses. The guy likes to drink. Yeah, he was at the Nines the other night, I mm-hmm. hear, and uh, uh, doing some, some some kind of stopping and chatting all around the room. Did he uh, link and build with our, with our buddy Nidek? I don't know. I know that uh, Olivia Erlinger's sister was having a big bachelor right. dinner yeah. there. I and, ran into uh, Olivia uh, the day before, and we were slightly concerned about the combination of uh, a wintry mix and the outfits that they all had to wear. Uh, her sister, obviously, a really big kind of um, really celebrity, celebrity stylist. Uh, stylist. Yeah, okay, and, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, really pushing her her whole wedding prep on the Instagram pretty yeah. hard. Hey, we love to see it. You know, Listen, we love to see it. I'm here for the content. We know, totally. we know that I'm here for the content. I love to watch and see what the ladies are wearing mm-hmm. um, and the gentlemen. Um, Absolutely, it's a rainy, gray, kind of depressing St. Patrick's Day, also known as the original SantaCon. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure things will get a little sloppy later. I didn't see. I was on the sixth train coming down here. Didn't see that much sloppiness, which and that's kind of a prime mover of people along the parade and drinking route between mm-hmm. Murray Hill and the East Village. There are certain bars. I'm sure McSorley's is, is jammed up right now. Uh, there's that that bar on Avenue A that always just like goes nuts on this fucking holiday. I can't even remember the name of it. It's just that bar. You know, there's certain places. It was never a big drinking day for me. I gotta no, say, I, no, I, never. I, I mean, it's it's just like. The drinking holiday thing always just like is of no. no We're fucking to me. professionals, exactly. man. We, yeah, don't, right. we don't need yeah. to like you know dabble on on Halloween, New Year's Eve, uh, God no, uh, or uh, or this day, St. Patrick's Day. No. It, but it's kind of great. It's funny. It's so gnarly out today. I've been super depressed. Yesterday though, I think was probably should be considered officially halter top day. Um, <laughs> it seemed like the sun was out. I was popping around. Mm-hmm. People, the smiles were out. Um, you know, although it feels like COVID's over, I have a sense that, that, that it's about to rear its head if, if indications from uh, uh, Europe or the New York City sewers uh, are any indication. Well, let's not get into that. We don't We don't really know. We're not epidemiologists. We don't know these things. They're, you know, <laughs> who cares? I'm basically an epidemiologist. Um, and, like, it's also depressing. There's a fucking war going on. Like, right. fucking, like, like, opera houses and schools are getting bombed. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you check out, have you seen the hard copy of this week's uh, New York Magazine yet? I have not, no, but I, I saw what the story is. Incre- yeah. Really incredible. Like I was sitting in here, I think it was yesterday the day before, just bawling my eyes out, doing mm. some reading. Um, yeah, so I'm Terrifying in a good stuff. place mentally. I'm mm. really focused on the art world, I have to tell you. <laughs> well, the art world is, is, is continuing on. I, I know that everyone is, you know, obviously thinking about the war. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, it's all I've been ri- writing about the last few weeks, uh, you know. So Yeah, you've been on a- that Russia. You've been on that oligarch beat, man. Mm-hmm. Oligarch beat, excuse me. I mean, it just seems like... You know, I won't be doing this forever, but it just seems like the right thing to be writing about right now. I mean, that's what the column is it's supposed to be, you know, the most trenchant, you know, talked about topic in the art world. And right now the war is that. I mean, you know, when when Peter Brandt is going to Hungary to, you know, deliver food and, and medical equipment to uh, refugees. You is know, that a true story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that something that might might if, if people are subscribers to the Vanity Fair, they might read about either <laughs> they, later they, this they afternoon well on might. Thursday or, or tomorrow, Friday, when I finally get this thing edited and online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like and Peter, you know, always a great guy, but he doesn't really like scream like Jose Andres in my mind. You know? No, like, I'm, you know? I am. I'm taken aback. 
back. Yeah, so I, I think that it, it it's really affected everyone from top to bottom. Uh, you know, there's no one who's not thinking about this. You know, also saw other notable art world figure, uh, Harry Scrigmore, uh, is yeah. is on the border uh, in Poland, I believe, uh, with a charity called uh, Shaban's Trust, I believe, which is mm-hmm. named after his late mother. Uh, so he and some cousins and whatnot are over there serving amazing. soup and food and Incredible. pizzas. Uh, saw some amazing coverage, uh, you know, uh, in his, uh, you know, uh, some of his family members in their Scottish finery, aka the kilt, mm-hmm. uh, uh, as they're helping the refugees. Inc- so. Yeah, incredible. I mean, you know, I think we all. Wish we could do more. I mean, I guess we could still fly out there, you know, and and offer our services. What what can we offer? Podcasts? Yeah, no one, no one, no one's <laughs> yeah. gonna eat a podcast, man. We we can't even eat off this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the art world, man? I've been going through. You know, today I was. Uh, you know, we've spoken about this before, but I was, uh, you know, in addition to the war, I am looking ahead at the calendar. I was cleaning up after my fucking children who just leave shit everywhere, mm-hmm. including uh, a souvenir from a Biennale past, uh, a captain's cap that says Venetia on it, Venice Great. Uh, over it. And I was like, oh, Great. I have to say, as jaded as I am, this is one of the art world events that I still very much look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I'm still... I'm stoked on it. Um, so that that's obviously coming up. That's down in April, but we get the Whitney Biennial, uh, Biennial opening before that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a whole bunch of, of shows happening, but that's like key on the calendar. Art Fair in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's about to get packed, man. I feel like we're in a little bit of the calm before the storm. Yeah, we got like a week left until there's really something every single week until June, basically, you know, between fairs. Through June, really? Yeah, yeah well, obviously, through June. I mean... Yeah, I think next week is the last week without like a major art world event, you know. But you've been you've been on the scene. I've been a little bit, you know. I was in Aspen last week, uh, mm-hmm. and since then I've been kind of keeping it close to the vest. Weirdly, you know, I get this show coming up down in Mexico City, so that's taking more work than I would like anything in my life to take up, <laughs> uh, and just uh, just doing some organization, onboarding some new clients, kind of the, the the general kind of rumble of being an art advisor. Totally. But you've been out on the town. What's been going on? I mean, you know, there are shows opening. Um, so you were up for Jeannie Greenberg's last official Salon 94 opening last week. Is that true? Yeah, there was there was a, a fun party. There was a band playing. There was a lot of our favorite uh, tequila, uh, Casa Dragones, uh, you know, just some wonderful sipping tequila. And yeah, it was a, it was a full-on bash, uh, multiple, store, uh, multiple floors in that gorgeous, gorgeous building they have. You know, of course, there was also dinners for AWOL show at Gagosian and uh, Nate Lohman show at Zverner that night. So I heard the Zverner party was like a, like a, a little bit of two thousand and six, like <laughs> yeah. uh, like uh, flashback in in the best of possible uh-huh. ways. I'm really, I mean, I was happy to be in Aspen, but bummed that I missed that. Mm, it seemed funny, you know. Can't hit them all, unfortunately. It's okay. Um, I got a couple paintings, so mm-hmm. that's you know that that that'll make up for it. That makes up for it, yeah. And then yeah, I think there were some openings on. Uh, Friday, I stopped by Walton Ford's new show, Echagosian. How uh, is that? I I mean, I'm a Walton guy. I can't say I'm a fan, you know. I mean, look, like, I understand that people aren't fans, but I've known Walton for, like, a decade now. Like, what he's doing is just so completely different and so just, just kind of out there if you're thinking about stuff in this. Well, I mean, completely different arc- if you've never heard of Audubon before. <laughs> it's it's not that. I mean, it 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 is sort of commenting on that. You know, okay, okay. Way. Now, has he ever had an, a show at Gagosian in New York before? No, because I think um, of him as a as a as a gallery artist in New York. Is he no longer with that gallery? He is still with with with, with Kasman, um, but I think he he's just shows uh, at 
you know, goes in occasionally. He had a show in Los Angeles, I think, maybe four years ago uh, with Larry. And, you know, I think he just sort of, you know, plays around, plays the field. Plays the field. Mm-hmm. Um, the show's, I think, is great. Uh, and then afterward, I uh, had dinner at the Odeon with friend of the pod, James Michael Cardozo Shaver. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a fun crew. Yeah. We ran into a few people. We ran into Jordan Bars. Ran at the into, Odeon? I at, can't imagine. You I knew know, people there? I know. Yeah. Uh, that was nice. Saturday night, Hilary Peshis had her opening at the Rachel Offner. Yeah, that show's fan- pretty fantastic. Really, man. really great. Who was in attendance there? I feel like a lot of people popped up for that. Yeah, a lot of people were around. Of course, uh, Dave Kranski was there uh, in from L.A. Hillary uh, shows with him. In Los Angeles, uh, Rashid was there as well with uh, with his wife, Shrey, which is fun. Um, and then at the dinner... Where did they have their dinner? Uh, it was at uh, a tapas bar around the corner on 2nd Street. I think it was called Plado, P-L-A-D-O. Um, you know, linked with, uh, you know, a good friend of the pod, Adam Lindemann, who's there with, oh, his, uh, with his wife. Adam was at the, with mm-hmm. the Hillary Pecos opening. Yeah. I find that interesting, don't you? I, I I find it intriguing, maybe. More sure, than sure, intriguing. Uh, I mean, you know, at the time it didn't really matter. I was just enjoying just linking and building with the guy. Was he know? happy with how the pod turned out? Super I, not happy. To, not to get meta, but I, I gotta know. <laughs> no, I mean he's just, he's happy in general. I mean, like I think the next day, like he was on Instagram just riding motorcycles out. In the oh, he got a beautiful looking bike. Man, I, I know. I know less about motorcycles than I do about cars, which is very very little. But uh, yeah, the man knows how to live. I have to say. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so there's been a lot going on. Last night, opening at Magenta Plains and uh, and, uh, Francois Gabali Gallery, and then there's a dinner at um, this little bistro on Ludlow Street. Those paintings looked good. They're really good. Yeah, Sasha's really, really good. Highly recommend seeing both those shows. And yeah, it was it was a, a stacked crew in attendance. I mean, there's stuff going on every day. I mean, I got a text from you and James Cardoso and Michael Schaefer again, hanging out. Uh, yes, we were hanging out again. You, that, I got, this you time guys bumped was, into someone that owned a board ape. True or false? I don't want to talk about this too much, but we 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 ran into someone who has not one, not two, but thirty five. And it wasn't Adam Lindemann. No, no. Okay. Thirty-five eight. I can see you're getting a little flushed. I see this is making you embarrassed. I don't want to. I don't want to dig too Not deep. Embarrassed. But. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's something that I don't want to go into in full depth on the pod for reasons that will become clear. Okay. Okay. I can't, I can't wait for them to become apparent to me. <laughs> um, you know, just uh, cruising the the general art world news. I'm, a, you know, and and back on the Venice tip, which I really am just getting really hyped for. I don't oh, know fuck why. Yeah. We're gonna do some serious potting from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, formerly homeless billionaire uh, Nicholas Bagruin <laughs> oh, opening yeah. uh, a an iteration. Uh, I guess is maybe the right word, but Yo, not motherfucker really. is not homeless anymore. He bought fucking William Randolph Hearst's house in L.A. I know, but it's so cool to call him the homeless billionaire. I know, I know. Way cooler to be living in hotel rooms than even a William Randolph Hearst house. I Yo, would argue. I ran to him at Olivier. Olivia Babin's uh, LA space, the clearing LA space, speaking his incredible fluent French with Olivia. It was just, it was a marvelous sight to behold. I bet. I yeah. bet. It was, um, it was just like just being in the presence of class. Uh, his, uh, his, I guess it must be his grandfather comes up a little bit. I'm reading John Richardson's book about uh, Douglas Cooper and Picasso, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, uh, I guess it must have been Nicholas's father. Uh, yeah. Pops up a couple times Hines. in there. Yeah, yeah. Great book, by the way. We'll talk about that, about that mm-hmm. on a future pod. Anyway, so he's opening a foundation in Venice in a former palazzo. Looks pretty incredible. Um, and, and it's going to open with? 
with Sterling Ruby, which is going to be incredible. Big friend of the pod, Sterling Ruby. I, I know. feel like we, we may or may not be at an event to fed him in Venice. Uh, I it, think so. My inbox hasn't pinged yet, but I expect I think so. it any minute now. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be big. It's going to be yeah. great. I'm, I'm very much excited for that. And just like, I think that's the kind of stage that Sterling does best on. Totally. Uh, really large scale, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of situation. So the, the, the building itself is not opening until 2024. There's going to be extensive renovations. But Sterling is doing a multi-year residency there, which is what they're, they're, they're terming it, which I think is going to be just awesome. I mean, you know, uh, we'll probably only get to see it this year, but, you know, come 2024, it'll be a totally reimagined Speak space. for yourself, man. I'll be there every year. But I'm imagining, I mean, we have no idea. I haven't spoken to the artist or anyone involved. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining a lot of his fabric work, perhaps totally. mimicking, you know, the tapestries that oftentimes decorated palazzos back mm-hmm. in the day. This is my fantasy world speaking, uh, obviously. But it's just, like, incredible, you know, how many, you know, auxiliary exhibitions are are going to be in Venice. There's going to be so much to do. It's going to be just so insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing in the last two years is even remotely big as this is going to be. Um, other cool news that uh, I recall thinking back to what I've read in the papers uh, in the past week, um, Lauren Halsey, a great mm-hmm. artist, uh, someone that I, uh, I'm highly supportive of, has been announced as doing the commission for the Metropolitan Museum's rooftop. So sick. It's going to be awesome. Such a big deal. Uh, I was chatting with a friend of the pod, Max Holen, uh, congratulating him on the pick. Uh, you know, I thought it was just like a really, really smart move, and he was just like so, so uh, enthusiastic about it. It's amazing. The Met is just really on fire these days. I know. Um, and it keeps bringing, at least to my mind, other than stabbings, what's going on at MoMA? <laughs> I know. It's kind of kind of depressing that the only time that MoMA gets talked about is when a crazy person comes and stabs its employees. And I'm not just being catty here. It just doesn't feel like it's at all in the dialogue of what artists or art aficionados are really talking about these days. I mean, I don't know why that is necessarily. I think maybe just, you know, a run of programming that hasn't really captured the zeitgeist. You know, whereas, you know, you have a Charlie Ray show at the Met that is a banger. You know, and that everyone has to see, and they're doing a lot of great programming around it, dinners, tours. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. being really smart about it. Um, you know, they hired a buzzy uh, architect to design the new. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Also, Met a is, really big is, deal. Like PR wise, you know, programming wise, and vision wise, just really on top of shit right now. Um, and also coming up uh, in the art world or in process is uh, I caught I believe it's going to be in this weekend's T Magazine. I'm not entirely certain, but uh, a little bit more information about something that kind of went down a few years ago, which is the acquisition of Nina Simone's childhood home by uh, a group of artists, including uh, Rashid Johnson, Julie Moretu, Adam Pendleman, and Ellen Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very talking cool. About, yeah. In North Carolina, right? Wh- wh- which town is it in again? Yeah, I don't have the town <laughs> right in front of me because we I didn't make any gone. notes for the show. But uh. <laughs> but a very, very cool project. And I actually haven't read the T-Story yet. Um, but yeah, it was announced a few years ago, but I guess, you know, are they going to I guess do- in, in 2017, they bought the house for about $95,000, um, and uh, they've since had it... Um, added as a, as a national treasure uh, in the National Trust for Historic Preservation. Um, and they're kind of just working to figure out, they still haven't exactly figured out what they're going to do with it, but they're working mm-hmm. on uh, engaging with some local communities and community groups um, to to make it a place that's not just the site of like a museum, but actually is so, sort right. of a community kind of site of, present, of uh, representation. I know in speaking to some artists, especially artists, um, uh, uh, black artists, you know, the importance of music in the cultural history and, and mm-hmm. not having, 
not having that outside of museums. It's so much kind of a different thing, than, uh, you know, but how important music was to the African-American experience and their, and their kind of cultural totally. production um, throughout, the, throughout the 20th century. Um, anyway, um, so that was pretty cool. And then also speaking of Venice uh, and beyond, I noticed there was a cute little, uh, not a cute, that's an entirely wrong word, but a nice write-up about, uh, from about a friend of the pod and uh, a friend of mine, Francesca von Habsburg, about uh, her foundation mm-hmm. and, and kind of how they work, uh, not just to present shows, which is a little bit what they do, but really about how they integrate themselves with artists and create funding for them and opportunities to do really in-depth research-based projects. I don't even remember where that was. Did you, did you no, see that? I, I, I think I, I probably in the FT. Yeah. Um, that was a super thing. In terms of market news, I got to say, it feels a little quiet out there, and I think there's a little bit of trepidation in the market. Obviously, we get the you know the the interest rates clicking up a little bit, uh, and there's a fucking war going on in Europe. The war, the <laughs> yeah. war is really sort of. And I'm not uh, saying things pretty... aren't selling; things are selling, but it doesn't feel as hot and heavy as it did. I think people are, yeah, really hesitant about the war. It's sh- shaking things up a lot. Obviously, everyone's mood is is preoccupied, but also, um, I think that. You know, a lot of people who were buying a lot of art over the last 15, 20 years are now kind of persona, persona non grata, mm-hmm. the oligarchs. And I think that that's rattling people. Uh, there was a story in the Post about Larry's dealings with a variety of, of Russian billionaires um, that didn't uh, paint those relationships too kindly. Uh, and I think, you know, everyone sold to these guys and like, yeah. it wasn't like a crime when they did it, you know, but I think people were kind of rattled by the whole thing. But the, and then in the past five years, I think a lot of those original, uh, a lot of the, the, the mega buyers that were based in Russia is kind of transferred over to more of a Asian or Chinese, um, mm. collecting basis. And they're having their own issues in terms of, uh, the ability for capital to move freely out of that zone. The mm-hmm. fact that they're locking down again because of COVID over big chunks of, uh, of, of China specifically, um, Hong Kong's like down for the count, man. Every yeah. every day in the back pages of FT, you see like a little article about how like JP Morgan or whatever other bank are like finding ways to maybe not bring that many people back to, to Hong Kong, but doing it in such a way as not to piss off the Chinese government. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a lot riding on Seoul when Freeze opens in September. Um, I think they're really hoping that there's a big Western presence. Um, I think that there's a lot of people in, in, in the U.S. and even Europe who haven't been to Asia in two years and they're really hoping that this will be the first trip post-COVID that people make. I'm not sure if that'll be the case. I haven't really heard about too many people booking their flights to Seoul. Yeah. Like, I don't really know if that's going to be this, you know, big, like, meetup in Asia that everyone was hoping just because people are still on edge about COVID. People are, uh, you know, on edge about, yeah, like, like, how the financial systems in Asia are working. Obviously, we hope it is, because like, I really want to go. I know, uh, I know. I would, I would love to, you know, too, if, if anyone wants to bring us out to do a series of podcasts from Seoul, that would make it a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's real early in the season, the dates. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in terms of Labor Day and stuff, uh, yeah. for an American audience, it's like mm-hmm. really tight with like back to school things. I'm sure um, that, that it can still be a success if it's just for, you know, Korean collectors. I mean, they they have a, a ton of incredible private institutions and you know big collecting institutions there. But I know that they're hoping that that people from Europe and and the states come as well. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of galleries haven't been able to go to Asia to meet mm-hmm. with their to meet with their Asian clientele in person. Now, obviously, they have pop up offices there with local specialists, um, but you know, I'm sure the you know the the big five or six galleries would love to get there, get on the ground, and do some some glad handling of their of their Asian clientele. And that's not even to mention Art Basel Hong Kong, which is still going down. I don't know really anyone who's going to make it out there. I, do you? Hong Kong's over, buddy. Yeah, not I going. Know. So I mean, R.I.P. to the Captain's Bar. Ugh, so good. Great Twitter thread that you and I engaged in with our top bars. I got uh, a lot of complaints actually from people being like, "How could you forget X bar? Why?" Well, I, mean, I wrote and, this thing any, like, like any, before I went to sleep one night. I any mean, list like that is going to be rife with uh, exclusions. Of course. And, and, I mean, I just just filled in you know as many characters as I could in a single tweet, and then you know I got cut off. Um, but I think that just the dialogue around you know what makes a perfect bar. Uh, aesthetically and just sort of culturally speaking is fascinating and and you know Benedict Tashin if you're listening we want to do a book buddy yeah our coffee table book is going to be incredible yeah so like we're giving you first offer right here I think Tillman's will probably shoot it yeah of course we will sure yeah yeah why not or uh or one of the other Germans <laughs> Tillman's really feels right or um uh who's our friend the fashion photographer um anyway um that's something I'm looking forward to doing the writing for <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you called it our, our uh, retirement project. Yeah, it'll be my retirement project. Yeah, totally. I yeah. kind of want to wrap in both classic bars, but also classic old school restaurants. I'm thinking places like Pacific Dining Car, Cronenhalle, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, things of that ilk. Right, you, was, you had Cronenhalle on your list, which well, I, just the bar, just, just the, the bar. bar. Right? Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I also saw it not just as like these are the best bars in the world. They're the best bars for me at different points in my life. So it's sort of an autobiography right. more than I sort like of a, framed mine the same way. It was sort of chronological the way I listed it. Yeah, not that I put that much thought into this at all. But, yeah, but, but I, I mean, little. you know, more than most tweets for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know, I don't get paid by the word. You know, ten <laughs> percent, baby. Mm-hmm. Um. And what else? I guess that's kind of it. I'm. I wish there was more. I was really jazzed about market wise. I just like. I'm not feeling it. I'm, the the deal flow is like a little bit of a trickle. Well, we we just got done with a series of sales. And you yeah, know. but usually that spurns that. This is actually what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. Usually the sales spurn uh, offers. Hey, I have one of these. It just went for X amount. A little bit of that, but but relatively little compared to times past. I feel like. Yeah, I guess so. I I think it's just the war, man. It's it's really bumping yeah, people out. Yeah, it's, I it's, really do think that is what it it's is. It's the first thing that people say when I say like what's up, you know. So in addition to Peter Brandt uh uh going over to help out with refugees, any other news? This is this 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 pod is definitely going to drop after your column does, so we won't step on any toes. Anything else you want to promo that people should make sure that they log in to read about? Oh, I well, I, I wrote mostly about uh, Lennon Michelson, who is a, uh, a gas tycoon oligarch, and he has a um, foundation called the VAC Foundation that has a palazzo in Venice. So I'm just talking about how Venice is going to be sort of without any of the oligarchs, without any programming from in their private spaces, you know, and, and without anyone there to buy. Plenty bind. of slippage space if you get a big boat and want to cruise over exactly. there, I think. There, there's going to be some, uh, yeah empty spots there on the Grand Canal if if you're not a Russian oligarch and have a big boat to park. Um, so that's basically what I wrote about. And, and I sort of uh, talk about how 
when this new space for the VSC Foundation opened in Moscow in December, the first visitor was Vladimir Putin, who was very close with with Leonid, and and he came over, got a private tour, played some piano, looked at the Ragnar Kinartsen show. Like, I mean, the notion the notion of Vladimir Putin in a Ragnar show. Is pretty- I know, I know, it's wild. So. And like that had been sort of reported, but not really in the context of everything that's happened in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of it's it's kind of an explosive story. I, I guess it's my third uh, column in a row about the war, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's pretty gnarly stuff. And is Leonid in in Russia right now, or did, is is he camping out uh, somewhere else? It's a little unclear. I don't believe he is in Moscow, though it's not clear where he would be. His boat. Uh, which is uh, Pacific. It's a, a rather large yacht. Is currently in international waters near the Panama Canal zone. I don't think he's there, but yeah, he could be. It could be. Um, guessing he didn't go on the record with you for your, for your story. You know what? Just couldn't find the time. <laughs> well, you know, I know you did your best. I'm sure his, <laughs> repre- was, I'm sure his representatives will talk. get back to you in any day now. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Um, all right, man. That's all I got. I'm gonna go heat up some uh, some corned beef and cabbage that I made for the kiddos and see if I can uh, keep it traditional. Yeah, you know, gotta have some traditions in this topsy turvy modern world. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go watch some basketball. All right, we will be back with a special episode next week. Uh, I'm not going to promo it too much, but it's going to be recorded live in a very special location, mm-hmm. uh, the place where many greats have lived and died. Uh, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow at McCann's in, uh, in beautiful uh, Port Authority bus terminal to watch a little basketball. Let's do it. All right, my friend. I'm bringing Dr. Hugh with me. Sick. I think he's going to like it. All right, that's it from us. No, no te bene. Bene. Out. Out.